one more grace, everybody. It is such a pleasure to fellowship and talk to you again. To finish on the last part of this series on the power of praise. As you know, I taught about what praise does for you and what praise does to the enemy. But then I want to really talk to you about what praise does for God. And one of the first things that I told you is that praise is the pulse of the believer. That right now, if somebody was to pass out somewhere, the first thing you would do is you would check their pulse. And the reason you're checking their pulse is that's going to let you know whether they're alive or whether they're dead. Well, I can check your pulse in the spirit by your praise life. I can watch how you're praising God to determine whether you're living or if you're dead. Because when you are in a low season in your life and the enemy is destroying you, there's not going to be any praise. But praise has to be something that continually comes out of your mouth. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. You know, you have a whole lot of muscles in your body, legs and arms and feet and all of these muscles that if you walk on your feet long enough, your feet will get tired. If you use your arms and hold something long enough, it'll get tired. But you know, there's one muscle in your body that never gets tired. It's your tongue. And the reason I believe that is because God wanted to live in an eternal place, a place that never gets tired. That's why praise has to be in your mouth, not in your feet, not in your hands. And I know we're living in a town now where people do a bunch of dancing. And of course, you can praise God in the dance and you can praise him. Yada, Tahila, Yara, Kara, you know, Shabak, Toda. I understand all of that, but praise is in your mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And when you understand the power of praise, nothing affects you because you understand that I can't lose for winning. All things are working together for my good, according to Romans 8, 28. According, uh, uh, all things work together for my good because I love God and I am the call according to his purpose. And Thessalonians 5.18 declares in everything give thanks. And Colossians 2 verse 7 declares that when, that when I begin to give God thanksgiving, that it causes me to abound in my faith. My faith is just stirred. I don't care what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. When I begin to praise and lift up the name of Jesus and glorify him, my faith comes alive. My faith is stirred up. When I don't focus on what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing and what's coming up against me, and I begin to bless God, my faith comes alive. But I really want to talk to you about how your praise affects God. I already told you that if you're depressed and you're sad, you know, Philippians 4 say rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And if you keep reading that scripture, he said that we're to make our requests known with thanksgiving and the peace of God. That if you praise God, that that depression, that suppression, that discouragement, praise God, will be taken away from you just from you giving God the praise. And then I talked about how when you praise God, when you're up under a demonic attack, that your praise will steal the enemy. It'll stop the devil right in his tracks. I mean, when it looks like the devil just won't leave you alone. And, and I know I'm tell you that the battle is already fallen and the victory is already won and 
no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I believe that according to Isaiah 54, 17. But we do have an adversary. First Peter 5 and 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil is real. You do have a devil. And he does come, John 10, 10, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I want to let you know that when you praise God and don't focus on what the devil is doing and focus on what God is doing in your life and lifting up Jesus, I'm telling you, you steal the devil right in this track. He don't know what to do with you because you just keep on praising God. And you that are up under these demonic attacks and all these things always coming up against you and the witch, the warlock and all of this stuff, just start praising God and giving God the glory and you steal the enemy right in this track. But I want to talk to you about what praise, the effect that it has on God. You know, God created us for relationship. That's the only reason he created us is to give him the glory and to give him honor. And, you know, Acts chapter 13, which is a very powerful, powerful scripture that I love to read and one that God had to give me a good revelation on. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. The Bible declares that they ministered, verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them, as they ministered to the Lord. And the Bible declares that the way they ministered unto the Lord was by fasting and by praying. Then when you get to Matthew chapter 8, verse 15, he says, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. She served them. And I know a lot of times when we think of ministry, we think of preaching and going in the streets and preaching in a pulpit. But I'm sure you don't put God in a chair and preach the word to him and tell God to be saved. But Acts the 13th chapter declares that they ministered unto the Lord. They were not preaching at Jesus, but they were doing something. And I want to let you know that a part of your prayer life, according to Acts chapter 13, a part of your prayer and your fasting, the Bible said they ministered to the Lord in prayer and in fasting. And that a part of your prayer life should be worship. You know, if you look at Psalm 107 four times, it says, oh, that man would Praise him. The Lord is encouraging them over and over and over to praise him. And it's something that I, I really want you to get in your spirit because a lot of our prayer life, we do a lot of asking and a lot of talking to God. But God just wants us to worship him and to love on him. That the majority of our prayer life should be telling God how wonderful he is, how awesome he is, how much you love him, how much you appreciate him, how you can't live without him. You know, if you go to Revelation, the fourth chapter, God actually shows John what's going on in heaven. And when you see what's going on in heaven, it talks about the four living creatures, but it talks about those 24 elders who never stop praising God. I mean, all day. Look at verse four. And round about the throne, I mean, Revelation four and four, 
were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in raiment, had their heads crowns of gold. You understand? And look at what the Bible declares in verse 8. And the four bees had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. This is worship all day long. This is what the Bible tells you, that in heaven, worship is 24-7. And verse 11 declares that thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God created you. His original purpose for creating man was for fellowship, for you to love on him, for you to tell him how wonderful he is to you, how mighty, how great, how much you appreciate him. That was his old purpose for fellowship. Fellowship. I even believe that in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus groaned, I don't believe he groaned death. He had power over death. But I believe he always wanted relationship with man. And the men that he desired relationship with, he was getting ready to have to leave and walk away from. Only got so many years to spend time with them. I believe that God groans when he don't hear from you. It hurts him. And I know some of you maybe don't. Imagine God like that to say, what is man that thou art mindful of him? That was David's question that he asked. But I want to let you know that God loves to hear from you. That every day God met Adam in the garden at the cool of the day who had no needs, who had no problems, who had no situations, who had nothing wrong in his life. Yet he met with him every day. Adam was in paradise. He didn't have a rebellious son. He didn't have a horse daughter. He didn't have bills and things that need to be paid. He lived in paradise. Yet every day he communed with God. That prayer had to be loving on God and worshiping him. And that's what God created us for. He created us for communion. He wants to love on us. He gets pleasure from us. And I know a lot of us like to do things for God. We say, I'm going to win the loss and I'm going to go after this person and I'm going to work for God and I want to do this and I want to do missions and all of that is great. I think that it's a great commission. I think it's wonderful to make disciples. I think it's wonderful to feed the poor. The Bible declares when you've done it unto the least of them, you've done it unto me. But I want to let you know that he desires you more. More than your service, he wants relationship with you. And we are a people and a culture who are so work-oriented, you know. Your parents gave you chores when you were children. Then they told you you had to get a job. You get a job to get everything you have, and we are works-oriented. We do, 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 do. Your parents, your teachers, your boss reward you for what you do. And because we have seen authority that way, that's how we look at God. We think that we have to do all of this stuff for him to be pleased with us and dot every I and cross every T. But there is nothing in myself that makes me good. I am what I am because of him. And we're so busy trying to do stuff for God to be pleased with us that we are do oriented We are not human doings. 
We are human beings. And he wants you more than what you can do for him. Thank God for you giving to the poor. It's wonderful. I'm not against giving to the poor. I think it's wonderful. I think it's great to feed the homeless. I think it's great to look out for the widows and to go out and preach and to go out and minister and lay hands. But I'm telling you that more than all of that, that should really just be a an extracurricular activity that flows out of your intimate time with him. That God desires you more than anything. Amen. He said, for thy pleasure, we are and we're created. God just wants you to love on him and have an intimate relationship with him. And if you really love on him and have an intimate relationship with him, your service will be a byproduct of that relationship. God enjoys his creation. He said, I made it for my pleasure. God loves you for who you are. He doesn't love you for what you can do for him. He loves you for who you are, and he wants a relationship with you. He did not save you out of obligation, but out of love. He did not save you because he had to. He did not save you because he was obliged to. He saved you out of pure love. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we're in a bad place because we have substituted service for relationship. We are so busy. Uh, trying to do stuff for God and go to church and read our Bibles and everything we do is service oriented and we don't have relationship. We're working to get him to be pleased with us. We're working for God to love us. We're working. And God said, I just desire relationship with you. I desire to be intimate with you, to love on you, and to know you in a way that no one else knows you. Because I know your weaknesses. I know your thoughts are far off. I know everything about you. I know your failure. I know your mishaps, your bloopers, your blunders, your mistakes, your deepest dark secrets. And in spite of me knowing all of that, I desire to know you in an intimate way just to love on you, just for you to fellowship with me. I just want to know that you think of me on a day-to-day basis, that I'm on your heart. And we just keep on, you know, substituting service for relationship. And it's religion that has done that to us. But God didn't save out of obligation. You know, if you marry somebody, you shouldn't marry them because they can cook. Or because they are good made, or because they are good at cleaning, or because they serve you well. You know, you should marry somebody out of relationship. All right. And there are some times that, you know, you know, somebody may be good at something. They may be good at cooking. They may be good at cleaning. They may be good at all of those things. But if they become more involved in cooking and cleaning and working and doing all of this stuff. After a while, what you admire about them becomes a nuisance because they're not building relationship with you. You know, let's say one person's clean and one person's dirty. Well, you appreciate if you're a dirty person or you're not a real tidy person, you appreciate having somebody who's very clean. 
But if after a while, every time you put your shoes down, they're fussing at your back, get it off the carpet. If after a while, they're always talking about something, keep this clean and keep that clean. What could be a bonus in the marriage or the relationship become a nuisance. Because they are so caught up in service that they forget the relationship. And I'm telling you that that's what has happened with a lot of us. I believe that a lot of things we're doing are becoming a nuisance because we are so caught up in doing service that we lack relationship with the God to whom we serve. You know, the Bible says it like this. You know, well, I say it like this. We get so caught up in the work of the Lord that we forget the Lord of the work. And in Psalm 50, he got tired of their sacrifices, all right? Now, he instituted the sacrifice. God is the one who came up with the sacrificial system, yet he got tired of it, okay? Because it was a substitute and not a byproduct. And some of you, you're so busy trying to read your Bible that you don't even let God minister to you. You know, sometimes God can, you know, you can open your Bible and get ready to read the word of God. You know, I try to read the word as much as I can. The enemy does everything he can to make you tired when it's time to read your Bible. But sometimes I try to read my Bible and you get in your word and you have all of these scriptures that you plan on reading and that's good. But sometimes you get so busy trying to finish reading the Bible that you don't allow God to minister to you from the word of God. And you're so busy trying to read it and finish it. You know, if you got these 20 scriptures that you have to read, you get so stuck on, oh, I need to hurry up and finish, that you forget the purpose for your reading. And the purpose for your reading is for communion. It's to let him talk to you. Is and, and it's not for reaching a goal. It's not for you to say, oh, I read my Bible. Oh, I fasted. Oh, I went to church. Sometimes we get so caught up in works and sacrifices instead of allowing it to be a product of my, byproduct of my relationship. I love the Lord. I'm in love with him, so I want to go to church. All right? But sometimes you get so busy going to church that you forget God. And that is not what this is all about. God wants you to understand that I desire relationship with you. So praise is a weapon and it's a powerful weapon and it touches you, right? But it also ministers to God. He could have created other things. God could have came up with all kind of things for his pleasure. But guess what? He created you for his pleasure. And when you are not praising him, you are not giving him what he needs. Now that is powerful. I know you say me, I can give God something that he needs. Absolutely. When you don't praise God, when you don't love on him, when you don't lay before him and just worship him, you're not giving God what he needs. You know, I think it's amazing that God allows himself to be vulnerable I think that it's amazing that God allows himself to be humble and he has needs and he has wants. And he says, even though I'm God, I'm going to allow myself to be vulnerable because I want relationship with you. That is absolutely powerful. Let's go to Psalm 22. 
And I really want you to get this because God inhabits the praises of his people. That's Psalm 22 and 3. Yes, you can minister for God, but he wants you to minister to him. There's some other things that I want to show you, but of course it's time for me to close this podcast out. This is a powerful series called The Power of Praise. If you want this message in its entirety, you know, go to the website, briancarn.org, kccjax.org, kccsharlotte.org. Call the number and all the information that you need, and they'll make sure they get this to you. Now, listen, this is something that you need in your catalog. There's no price on none of these messages. You know, I'm a giver. The Bible declares that God loveth a cheerful giver. I want to have integrity, and I never want anyone to call into the ministry and say that it's impossible for me to be blessed or I can't get the word because I don't have this amount of money. Just send whatever you have and we'll get this message to you because when you understand the power of praise, your life will drastically change. You need to check yourself and ask, how have I been praising God? Is my praise level low? It's good to have a prayer life, but you need a praise life also. Check your pulse in the spirit. Call the ministry. They give everything you need. I love you so much, and I'm praying for you. What a powerful message on the power of praise. Now you ought to go ahead and start ministering to God and call the ministry so you can get this whole series in its entirety and get the rest of the message. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Prophetic Podcast with Prophet Brian Karn. Stay tuned for next week's podcast and visit briancarn.com for more information and to sow a seed into the ministry. To receive this message in its entirety, call 1-855-984-2276 or 1-833-522-5433. More grace, we're excited about your future.